Here we go, everyone. My name is Eric Keaton. Welcome to the For All podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, and of course, the audio version will be available later on your favorite podcast provider. We are loaded today. We have Paul Guzzo from the Tampa Bay Times talking about his Colonel Tom Parker story uh, related to the Elvis movie. And also Kip Kolsch is here to talk about his cats and a lot of the great books that he has available for everyone here in the Tampa Bay area and beyond. And of course, we have some topics to help you take care of your pets during these hot summer days, my goodness. But first we have barking news, that's right. You like to call it breaking news in the real news world, but we call it barking news. Did you hear about the Westminster Kennel Club dog show and the bloodhound named Trumpet? He was crowned best in show last week. And this is something I tell you, I keep reading all these news stories. I did not know that the Westminster was the second oldest continuous sporting event next to another animal event, the Kentucky Derby. Who would have thunk it? We're learning something new every day. But our best in show has to be Bear. Uh, We have 150 animals up for adoption, but that guy is not one of them because after 150 days, Bear, and that's his new owner, They finally have hooked up. He has his new forever home. And you see that little number behind the new owner there, 1,483. That was last week. If we have not surpassed 1,500 adoptions, we're getting pretty close. Because as I mentioned, we had 45 dogs on the adoption floor right now, including Kiko that you'll get to meet later, 64 cats, including 20 plus kittens, 45 critters, and two pigs. We had 60 adoptions last week. That is barking news. So we we celebrate and hopefully when we open, we'll get some of those adoption numbers up and some of those animals moved off the floor like bear because we do have some animals that have been here uh, approaching those 100 days. And remember, the reason that QR code is on the screen is because it costs $25 a day to care for each animal here at SBCA Tampa Bay. If you'd like to make a gift, please just scan that QR code and it will lead you to our donation pages. Or you can go to our website, learn about the animals in our care, and also learn about volunteering. But we're gonna learn more about the connection of Colonel Tom Parker. And of course he managed Elvis Presley his entire career And for me, learning about Colonel Tom Parker, that he was, as the reporter from the Tampa Bay Times would say, Paul Guzzo would say that he is famous or infamous. I had no idea this connection. Paul, welcome to our For All podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Paul, you've been doing this for quite a a while with the Times since uh, the late 90s. And we were talking earlier before we started the podcast you knew of this connection. I did not. You know, how, how long ago did you know about Colonel Tom Parker being a dog catcher with the Humane Society? Um, I would say, let's see, I've lived in Tampa since 99. And I would say shortly after I moved here, I, I learned about him. You know, the, um, the, the great Ted Webb, who, who passed away recently, the um, yeah. radio personality. Um, I've been friends with him since shortly after I moved here. And he was just just such a deep source of pop local pop culture history and so he's the one who told me about it he thought you would he asked if i'm an elvis fan i said yeah kind of you know before my time but he told me this story about yeah tom parker and it's always been in my 
you know, it's always been in my head, like always looking for an excuse to write about it. And the Elvis movie came out and I understood that Tom Hanks was playing Parker. And really the movie is as much about Parker as Elvis. So I thought that's just a great time to uh, remind uh, Tampa about this uh, unique history. I don't want to turn this into a Ted Webb podcast, but he was awesome. I worked yeah. uh, a year and a half with Ted doing some high school football a long time ago. And you talk about a person who knew Tampa Bay's history. It was Ted Webb. And I mm -hmm. like how you were able to include all that into the article. What was the most... Uh, what were some of the fascinating new things that you found out about Colonel Tom Parker uh, being in the area and being a dog catcher when you were writing this article? Well, the most fascinating thing that I did not know was that uh, until doing this was the percentage that Tom Parker took from Elvis. I mean, 50 percent is you know, that's outrageous. I think yeah. typically you're supposed to get 10 percent, but that didn't really have much to do with his dog catching. I just found the stories about him funny. You know, he came here as a carny, basically. You know, we were Tampa was. Um, where a lot of the carnival workers um, stayed during the winter when the show, you know, got off the road. And so he was introduced to Tampa as a carny. And one of his most famous gags, I guess, was dancing chickens. He would put chickens on a hot plate, like live chickens. And as their feet would burn, they would, they would dance. Uh, and I guess it's kind of ironic that a man like that would then later go on to care for animals. Um, some of the stories about him say he really only took the job um, as a dog catcher because it, it was a free apartment and a free car. You know, you got to drive the, the van. Um, but he was just. While doing the research for the story, I went into newspaper archives and put in his name and I was blown away that the dog catcher was in the paper just about weekly. He just he knew how to get into the press, whether it was dressing up as Santa Claus to hand out um, uh, puppies during during the, the holiday season, uh, making up these crazy stories that Ted Webb put on his website. He doesn't think all were true. You know, taking like puppies from a bunch of different mothers, putting them together with one and calling the newspaper reporter and saying this puppy's had, you know, dozens of puppies or that this mother's had dozens of puppies this week. You had to come check it out or claiming he, he rescued cats from, you know, like uh, 10 foot holes and stuff like that. You never I guess you can never tell what was real and what wasn't. I, I know. I found that as the chief marketing officer here at SPCA Tampa Bay, I'm reading some of this like going, you know, if I walked in to my team and I said, here's the deal, guys, this is our story. We're going to put all these litters together and say that they came from one. They would the room would get silent. They'd look at me like, are you out of your mind? You know, that would never work. But I guess, you know, that that shows how he was able, at least back then in the 50s and 60s and, and 40s, to get the press from a promoting standpoint. The guy knew his material. He knew how to get Elvis. He knew how to get people in front of his product. And do you think at the end, as you mentioned earlier, was it because he loved animals or because he loved to make money? Yeah, I... I I can't say for certain, but it just seems right. like he more enjoyed uh, the showmanship of it. Again, he, he came from a carnival background, uh, you know, running the games, running the sideshows. And a lot of that is just convincing the public that what they're seeing in these sideshows is real. So you could call whether you could call him a con man. Um, and I think Tom Hanks even said you could in an interview, you could put a positive spin on that or a negative spin. You know, you, there's. I guess a positive way to say you're con man if you're doing it in an entertaining way. He just, he knew how to sell people on a product. 
And uh, as the story goes, you know, he was the first one to really see potential in Elvis. He booked him a- after he after he left Tampa and, and put his dog catching ways behind him. He went back into uh, show business, managed a couple um, country singers, uh, started booking his own shows. And he just booked Elvis just because he was just an up and coming artist. He wasn't a big name yet. And he saw the potential in him and just really took him on what you would call a, uh, you know, a barnstorming tour around the country, small venues, grew him into uh, this nationally known act, start putting him on TV and movies. And I mean, even Elvis himself said, um, you know, without Tom Parker, there's no Elvis. And without Elvis, there's no uh, Tom Parker. Hey, I think there still surprised- would be a Tom Parker. Locally, he would still be, he would still be remembered. He was enough of a local right, personality. Right. Yeah. I think even if he didn't become a famous rock and roll manager, there would still be stories about him. But, but the, you know, the whole international yeah. and obviously I think more people like myself knew about Colonel Tom Parker after Elvis's death. Mm-hmm. As we were saying before we went on the air, he was kind of always in the back of my mind. Uh, but I'm always amazed at how well the Tampa Bay Times finds a connection uh, with a huge story uh, and that make that connection with what's going on here in Tampa. Like I, again, your article, I had no idea that Elvis was here in Florida and being hidden at the Humane Society uh, for a number of his concerts. That'd be like Taylor Swift coming here for a concert and and she'd be hiding at SBCA Tampa Bay. That doesn't happen now because you have, uh, you know, these great hotels. Mm -hmm. But uh, were you amazed uh, about how many times that Elvis had actually been here, that duo, and coming back to the Tampa Bay area? Um. Well, I, I'm not wasn't too amazed by that because Tampa, the that armory in West Tampa was a huge spot for concerts. Really? Oh yeah, I mean, like every big name went there. I, I did a story years back. James Brown used to perform there. I mean, if there was a big name artist, they would perform there. That was really the big concert hall in Tampa, which is crazy to think. We no air conditioning. Um, I think they were allowed to smoke inside, so there was no ventilation. I've talked to people who used to go used to go to the shows or even at the athletic events there that said, if you were lucky enough to see through the thick cloud of smoke, you could enjoy the show. When are you going to see the the movie to kind of round out? Uh, obviously, any movie is going to be, you know, not everything is going to be a 110% the truth. It's going to be made for uh, movie drama. But when are you going to see the Elvis movie to kind of become full circle with uh, learning about Tom Hanks and how he portrayed Colonel Tom Parker? Hopefully next week. I start a three-week vacation on Monday. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands. I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go check out a few movies while I'm off. Awesome. Uh, Before we let you go, everybody always likes to know from our guests, you know, how many animals you have, who are they, where did you get them? I have five cats and one dog. Our first cat was a rescue. Our next our first two were rescued. Our next three we got from a friend whose cat got outside and, you know, ended up having a litter. And then our dog is also a rescue. Oh, good for you, Paul. Anything to add about an upcoming uh, article that you have or finishing up on the uh, the Colonel Tom Parker article? No, I don't have any stories coming up because I start vacation soon. And uh, no, I would say no animal uh, related uh animals uh, no animal related stories coming up but when i do i'll make sure i let you know well you get a nice three-week break mm-hmm. and and no articles anything that you're uh, uh keeping in your back pocket hey folks uh follow 
Paul Guzzo. Just go to Tampa Bay Times. He has a link there. You can email him. You can probably see links to past articles too, right? Yeah, anything that I've ever written, tampabay.com. Super. Thank you so much, Paul, hey, for uh, writing that article and for being on our For All podcast. I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. All right. There we go. Awesome. One segment in, a uh, little bit about the, the Tampa dog catcher, Colonel Tom Parker. One of those moments, at least for me, where you're like, well, I'll be darned. All right. We'll take a quick break. Come back with Kip Kolsch, and he's talking about his books that he's authored and also he'll possibly introduce us if they cooperate to some of his uh, cats at home. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the For All Podcast. Natalie, how are you doing? Good, how are you, Eric? Thanks, Eric. We are down in the pasture with Wilbur. This is Alexis. National Puppy Day, and our special guest is the mayor of St. Pete, Mayor Ken Welch. How you doing? Welcome back to the For All Podcast. Time now to talk to Kip Kolsch. Kip and I probably go back, geez, can you remember those days, Kip, way back when, when we were talking about Pasco County and bringing an event to yep. the Little Everglades Ranch. You remember that? I do remember that, Eric, back when I worked for Ironman, yeah. uh, World Triathlon Corporation, yeah. Those yeah. were some interesting times in trying to bring events Pasco County, but that's a different world. We're here to talk about right. animal <laughs> and war. And we're both world. in completely different places right now, right? Yeah, we are. All for the uh, the betterment of uh, the animals uh, in our care here in the Tampa Bay area. So Absolutely. Kip uh, is an award-winning writer with two techno thrillers, Wendell's Lullaby and Delphus Rising. Kip, Welcome to the For All podcast. Please share a little bit about uh, these novels that anyone can get on Amazon because you're now the second or possibly third novelist and author that we've had here on the program, sure. whether they're talking about uh, techno thrillers or uh, thrillers like in the form of Stranger Things or time travel, but they right. all somehow have relations to animals, whether they're marine uh, animals or they uh, have four legs and they walk around the house. Yeah, amazingly, my, my, my novels all have to do with uh, the marine environment. The, uh, the first two, Wendell's Lullaby and Delphus Rising, both do a lot, deal a lot with uh, dolphins and whales, cetaceans. Um, I was sort of a wannabe marine biologist growing up. Uh, you know, I was raised on National Geographic and the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau. So that was, you know, a big part of my formation of, of, uh, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I wanted to be a marine biologist for the longest period of time. 
And when I got to college, that changed uh, mainly because I struggled a little bit with the higher math and decided to get a degree in journalism and mass media instead. Uh, so that certainly helped me with my writing in the future. Um, I did some volunteer work at Moat Marine Lab in, in Sarasota when I lived down that way. So some of the information in uh, especially Wendell's Lullaby is, is from very much firsthand experience uh, being a part of their uh, marine mammal uh, volunteer program, rescuing and holding dolphins and, and just being a part of that whole uh, wonderful situation uh, that they uh, have down there. You know, Kip, uh, earlier we were talking with Paul Guzzo from the Tampa Bay Times about uh, Colonel Tom Parker and connections. And, you know, that was always in the back of my head. Uh, it was always the front man was Elvis Presley. And talking to you, you brought up another name in this conversation is Jacques Cousteau. I can remember being a little kid and watching him on network television. Oh, yeah. Now, how long was he on network television? Because his show used to attract people of, you know, all ages and all types to watch his adventures. Yeah, I know the the first movies he was making, uh, gosh, the, the Silent World, I want to say, was either the late 50s or early 60s. Um, eventually, he pitched, a, you know, the primetime show, I, I think it was to ABC. And mm -hmm. gosh, he had to be on TV, at least in some respect, on a regular basis through the late 70s. And then I think it turned into more of a, you know, a, a period every once in a while thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, just a huge influence on a lot of people who were interested in the marine environment and um, towards his later years, much more focused on, you know, environmental protection and mm -hmm. protection of the oceans in general. Yeah. Now, actually, now, oh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, definitely those those themes. My, my books definitely have an undercurrent of, you know, environmental protection and conservation within the, the themes of the work themselves. Are all your books connected? Uh, the like first, the they, they, they are in a way, the, the first two, so Wendell's Lullaby takes place at a specific period of time. Delphus Rising takes some of the same characters from that book, mm -hmm. and it's basically a leap 10, 10 years into their future. Uh, so some of the people have, have, dropped out of the story. Some other characters have been added in. Um, the, uh, my two, uh, two books, other books that I actually have out now are part of a science fiction series that takes place in a universe where instead of having space between planets, it's water and whales are out in space and dolphins are in space. And, uh, it's, it's def definitely a bigger leap than, uh, the, than the thrillers that I've written. Well, I find them, uh, you know, fascinating and that you take the time earlier with Paul, I should have asked him, how long does it take him to write uh, his <laughs> article? How long does it take you? I'm always fascinated by the answer from a, from an author to put one of these together. Yeah. The, the first book, the Wendell's Lullaby started writing about 2007 and had it about 98% complete by about 2010, had some changes in my life uh, take place, and I set it aside for a while. And I had actually shopped it around to agents and some publishers and mm -hmm. had a little bit of interest, but nobody who really took it on. So I set it aside. In 2017, I revisited it and 
self-publishing had changed a lot in 10 years. So uh, I was able to, to get it finished and self-publish it. And I think to, to actually write the follow-up, Delphus Rising, it took me about a year and a half. Uh, you know, and a, a big part of that is, is doing research, obviously, for these types of books because they're science thrillers. There's, there's a lot of fact-based information in there uh, as well as uh, creative fiction from, from my mind. So I know that you also have some some cats at home. Any yes. chance in the future that I'm you even start... wearing my my cat dad shirt today? <laughs> Any chance that you start going from because I know that you love marine marine animals. Mm -hmm. Any chance that you start uh, adding in um, more about you know cats and dogs and and writing about that with future projects that you sure. may have. Yeah, I actually have one short story that's actually out there on Amazon. It's called Forever Sleep, and it's a little bit of a sort of dystopian uh, future sci-fi story. It, it does have one of my cats in it. Uh, one of the ones that I had in the past, his name is is Harpo, and I actually have a, a tattoo of him on my arm. He was he was my boy, and uh, so he's he's memorialized a little bit in, in that short story. Uh, it's a sad short story to warn people, uh, both for the human character and the and the cat character. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be able to include. I've got some stories started, you know, stored in files on my computer that have had some cats in them as well, and and some cat based stories. But uh, for some reason, the larger stories at, at this point in time still are sort of marine based, marine marine animal based. So how do we uh, get copies of these if, if folks are interested? I know Amazon uh, gives you yep. great reviews. Yep, Amazon, uh, er everything I have right now is available on Amazon or they you can, uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can message me through those. And I actually have paperback copies if people wanted to have paperback copies of books um, that they want signed, I can uh, sign them and I can ship them to them myself. And they have Kindle versions as well. Yes, Kindle Kindle still a thing? everything's in Kindle as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is Kindle still a thing? I, I, the majority of the books I sell are still Kindle. Well, Amazing. I, I still like to have, you know, the real books in my hand, but uh, right. yeah. still probably, I would say almost 80% of the books I sell, especially through Amazon or, or for Kindle. Yeah, that's I'm I'm just like you, Kip. I, I like having the physical book. Yeah. Uh, my son, we're getting ready to go on vacation, and and we'll probably buy a, a couple of books. My son will buy a couple of books uh, on his own, and he'll read them in the car ride, right? Uh, or by the time we come back. And for me, I'm a very casual reader. Um, you know, that's why I like to have uh, the physical book. But he is a physical book uh, reader as as well. Right. Anything you can tell us about uh, your cats right now that you have? I don't think they're going to make a guest appearance. Yeah, I don't know whether anybody's going to come in and visit or not. I had Loli here earlier. So we have uh, we've got four cats now. They're all rescues. Uh, two came from uh, the Humane Society in Pinellas County on the same day. We went in uh, looking and uh, asked for their hardest luck case. And we ended up getting Daryl, who's a He's a big orange cat and he's our shy boy. Uh, and at the same time, we got Loli, or we call her Loli Grace. And she's a Flame Point Siamese. She had only been there 
gosh, she'd only been in the, in the enclosure for about overnight. And she came up and put her paws on my, on my jeans, looked up at me with blue eyes and that was it. She's, she's our, she's our, oh, here she comes. My wife's passing. This is, this is Loli. Oh, hi, Lo. Say hi to everybody. <laughs> Hello. This is Loli Grace. That's I a good look. Her a little strange. She sleeps with us just about every night, and she's she's our uh, she's gonna go now, but she's our uh, she's our therapy cat. She's the one who knows if we're not, if we're feeling down or uh, uh, had a rough day. She's she's the one who's always there to comfort us. Um, we've got two other boys. Uh, we've got uh, Ketty Vetter, who came from a rescue group over in uh, the eastern part of Hillsborough County. And uh, Hamish, was, we call him Hamish Wimbish. He is uh, uh, a Turkish van who was, uh, we got him with whatever shelter group works also through uh, Petco. So uh, they're, they're all shelter cats and they're, they're our children. We don't have any children of our own. So they're, our, they're we're crazy cat people because they're our, they're our family. Well, they are. They except uh, they let you know when we're hungry and. Uh, oh yeah, there are alarm clock. Do they each uh, have their own separate uh, personalities, or any of them like to go outside? And the other one's just a totally inside cat, or they're you know we're proponents of having them totally indoor cats. Um, for us, we feel it's it's the safer uh, option for them, and and feel yeah. like they'll have a healthier, longer life. So we have a, when we renovated our home here in Dunedin, we, we added a, a lanai, but the lanai is essentially the cat room so that they can have some outdoor experience. Uh, it's also their litter room, uh, but they do all have different personalities. Loli is, like I said, she's sort of the nurturer and the mother of the group and the mother for us sometimes. And uh, Hamish is the most cat-like. He's the one who, uh, gosh, she's just, you know, a little bit more finicky than the rest. Uh, Ketty Vetter, we call him Ketty Chaos sometimes. He's our youngest and he's, he's the one who dashes around the house and instigates with everybody else. And then he'll flop down like this wet noodle on the cat tree and just go sort of limp. Um, and Daryl, Daryl, like I said, he's our, he's our hard luck case. He's, uh, you know, there's only certain situations where I can even really pet him just because for some reason he, he had a, a, you know, the, the year or two that he was out on his own uh, before he was left at the shelter, supposedly in a wet cardboard box on the stoop in the rain oh uh, is what they told us. And uh, uh, so he, uh, he's, he's fairly shy, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, challenge for us to uh, kind of corral him for when we need to take him to his regular vet visits. Well, it sounds like they're in great hands with uh, you and your wife, and they're definitely being kept cool since they're yes. inside. Because yes, they our, are. our final segment here on the the show is having our our one of our veterinarians, Doctor Shee, talking about uh, heat exhaustion with pets, and and uh, Camille and our behavioral specialist Stephanie has one of our dogs, Kiko, to talk about how to do some fun things to keep uh, the animals cool. That's for the dogs mainly. And I'm pretty sure some cats that, that go outside sure. yeah. because man, it is hot around hot. here. And, and you know, it's always surprises me because, you know, they have a cat door to the lanai 
and yeah. they uh, love to go out there even when it's hot. They'll lay on the on the cool, you know, cool concrete and come back in, but they still feel like they've been out in what is it, ninety or ninety-one degrees? For some reason, they still like to be out there for part of the day. But they know when to come back inside. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> They're like, we're done. When they hear the food dish or the treats. Anything else to add about uh, your works on Amazon and anything on the horizon? Yeah, I'm actually uh, in the process of finishing up the third book in my science fiction trilogy, which is, like I said, it's based in an alternate universe. Um, that's sort of a an ocean universe. Uh, hopefully I'll have that out before the end of the summer. Still a lot of work to do, but uh, getting there slowly. And looking forward to when I'm done with that, writing some more short stories, which will hopefully allow me to do a little bit more work uh, on some of the cat stories that I've started. That is awesome. Well, folks, uh, we'll uh, have links uh, on our social media for Kip and for the earlier story. I, I know our staff put those up there for uh, Paul Guzzo and his story at Tampa Bay Times. And Kip, I know you were backstage uh, listening to that interview. I, I don't know. If, I guess you could hear everything. Are you yeah, going to see the Elvis movie? What's that? You're going to see the Elvis movie. Yeah, seeing it this afternoon. So I'll give my 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 rating later. <laughs> awesome. They, they love so those. Much, uh, Eric. No, thank, thank you, Kip, and uh, best of luck. And I'm pretty sure sometimes our paths do cross when he's out on the Dunedin Causeway in the water, and but I keep it on the causeway on the trail. Thank you, right. Kip. I see you running by every once in a while. There you go. I'm just, uh, I'm, I don't run as fast as I used to. Well, you're still a blur compared to me, so. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, two great interviews in the, uh, in the books already, but when we come back, some important pet health stuff for your animals, especially if they are heading outside in the heat. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the For All Podcast. Natalie, how are you doing? Good, how are you, Eric? Thanks, Eric. We are down in the pasture with Wilbur. This is Alexis. National Puppy Day, and our special guest is the mayor of St. Pete, Mayor Ken Welch. How you doing? Welcome back to the For All Podcast. My name is Eric Keaton. We are live on YouTube and social media with Facebook, uh, broadcasting about every two weeks from our For All shelter in Largo. And we also have a pet hospital down in St. Pete. And we always go to them when it's time to hear about tips for keeping our pets healthy and safe, especially safe from the heat. Here's Dr. Rebecca Sheese.
Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Rebecca Sheets with the SPCA Tampa Bay Veterinary Center. The summer season is right around the corner, so let's talk about keeping your pets cool. Florida's hot temperatures means finding ways to keep cool, like keeping the air conditioning running and staying hydrated. Protecting your pets against the heat is just as important. Heat is dangerous for pets because their bodies don't regulate temperature the same way as humans. Because pets have fur, they don't sweat. Instead, they cool themselves by panting, which is a much slower process for cooling the body. Here are some tips to help keep your pets safe. Keep your pets cool in the shade. We have many pet-friendly restaurant patios from Dunedin to St. Pete. Retailers and festivals also provide more options than ever for pets to join their owners for daily activities. These shared activities are great for bonding with your pet, but you'll need to find a shady spot for them to escape the sun and bring plenty of fresh water with you. Check the event you're attending to make sure they have accommodations for pets. Additionally, if you're enjoying the pool time or playtime in your backyard, consider giving pets a break to cool off indoors. Too much time in the sun can put them at risk for heat stroke. It may not be as much fun, but consider leaving your pets at home. Errands before or after visiting a pet-friendly venue can be dangerous for your pet. A quick trip to the bank or a stop at the grocery store can easily turn into 10 minutes or more, and you may be forced to leave your pet alone in the car longer than you anticipated. This poses a risk because the temperature in the vehicle can rise by 20 degrees in as little as 10 minutes. In only 15 minutes, a pet left inside a hot car can sustain brain damage or even die from heat stroke. If you must take your pet with you on errands, keep the car running with the air conditioning turned on. When you take your pup for a walk, consider going in the early morning or evening hours. Concrete pavement, blacktop surfaces, and bricks can heat up quickly in the sun and burn your pet's paws, a painful accident that veterinarians see often. Avoid walking or running with your dog in the middle of the day. When the sun is at its strongest, the temperatures are at their peak. Surfaces can be cooler along with the air temperatures in the mornings and evening hours. Refrain from taking your pet on bike rides. Having your dog run alongside your bike can be dangerous for you and your pet. Your attention is split between keeping control of both your dog and your bike, making it more likely that you could have an accident. Because you're focused on potential road hazards, you may not pick up on cues that your dog is tired or overheated as quickly as you would during a walk. And finally, and most important, is to know the signs of heat stroke. Early signs of heat stroke can be subtle, such as your pet seeming less responsive than normal to general commands. Clear symptoms can include heavy panting, lethargy, lack of appetite, a dark tongue, a rapid heartbeat, fever, dry mucus, restlessness, vomiting, bloody diarrhea, excessive thirst, thick saliva, and lack of communication. Pets can exhibit one or all of these symptoms during heat stroke. If you think your pet is experiencing heat exhaustion or stroke, rush to the nearest veterinarian or animal hospital. The most important thing to do is get your pet to the nearest vet as quickly as possible for treatment. Use your GPS to find the nearest vet or animal hospital immediately. If it's the weekend or a holiday, Google search for the nearest animal emergency clinic. On your way to the veterinarian, you can start lowering your pet's body temperature by placing wet towels or ice packs wrapped in towels along your pet's chest, abdomen, or neck. Let your pet drink small amounts of water or lick some ice cubes. For more information on pet health and other pet blog topics, visit our website. Thank you, Doc. That was outstanding. Let's keep this topic going. And let's talk to 
three people, well, actually two people and an animal, Camille, Steph, and one of our adoptable animals, Kiko. Thanks, Eric. So I'm here with Stephanie, our behavior expert, and sweet Kiko. Stephanie, what can you tell us about Kiko here? Kiko is a five-year-old lab mix. Um, he has been here since the, about the end of April, so about two months now. Um, he's a very sweet and friendly dog. He loves to play in the pool um, and some toys. Um, he knows basic commands, like he knows sit. Kiko, sit. Come here. Sit. Oh, good boy. And he knows down. Down. Good boy. He's a very smart dog. Even though he's five, he still has a lot of tricks left to learn. Oh, and he just gave me paw, so it seems like he knows that as well. That's a good boy. Um, some of his favorite activities include swimming, so it's a great way for him to stay cool during the summertime since it gets especially hot. Yes, definitely. So that's what I want to talk about <laughs> Kiko. Um, that's what I would love to talk about next. Um, some different ways that Kiko and other dogs can keep cool in the summer, some fun things that they can do with their owners or different um, maybe treats that that they can have during the summer to help them stay cool. So we have this awesome pool set up for Kiko back here and he is in love with it. <laughs> hey Kiko! So one of the things that Stephanie has suggested is to toss a couple treats into the water for him to find. And you can see he, he smells them. He's looking, but that ball seems to be his priority right now. But he's having a good old time. So, yes, yeah, so if you have a, a little kitty pool, doggy pool, you can set up for your dog in your backyard. Or you can take them to the beach and um, set up a sprinkler for them. Whatever you have access to. If your dog is a water dog, those are all great ideas to keep them cool during the summer. And... <laughs> Is that nice? Does that feel good? So those are all some fun ideas that you can do for your dog to keep them cool in the summer. Is there anything else, Stephanie, that you do for our dogs here at the shelter to help them stay cool? So um, some of the fun things we do um, is create popsicles for the dogs. Um, they vary in sizes between, you know, large popsicles and smaller ones for the smaller dogs. Um, so you would just take, you know, an ordinary popsicle, or popsicle mold um, and you can fill it with your dog's, you know, favorite treats. Um, some of the best options to do, you know, um, would be diluted chicken broth or bone broth. Um, we use, we're using peanut butter right now, um, some diluted peanut butter. Um, to, and mix it with water so it makes it easier to slide out of the molds. Um, and then you just, you know, top it with a milk bone or something, you know, as like the popsicle stick would be. Super fun! <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it definitely helps keep the doggies cool during the hotter months. Um, and it gives, you know, it gives them something to do. Um, most, you know, for the dogs that don't try to just chew it right away, they'll have to lick it like 
do what, like an ice cream coat? Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and I think I have seen you make some fun things like that for the cats too, on a smaller scale, of course. Yes, um, for cats, um, I have been making little um, ice cubes, if you will, for the cats um, with those little gogurt-like tubes. Yeah, um, that's that awesome. Enjoy, um, helps keep them cool as well. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for all that great information. And like I said, if you are interested in Kiko, he is available for adoption. He is a five-year-old lab retriever mix, and he is available for 125. You can come meet him at 1 p.m. We're open until six today and he is so excited to see everybody. So come meet him. Bring your pup if you have one. Back to you, Eric. Awesome, great job staff, great job Kiko. Perfect on camera, come on folks. Kiko's going home today on Wednesday, June 29th as we air this program live. Okay, continuing the heat topic, Every time we have a podcast, we also give away Tampa Bay Rowdies tickets. Roll that beautiful Tampa Bay Rowdies intro. <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram, which by the way, we had 203 responses. Let me say that again. 203 responses. The question which usually airs a couple of days or possibly the Friday before we go into the weekend uh, for our podcast. Uh, answer correctly for a chance to win two Tampa Bay Rowdies tickets. I believe they have a, a game coming up. Uh, so if you are the winner, uh, just email or go back in and message via the social media uh, platform of your choice, probably the one that you answered the question on. When the air temperature is 86 degrees Fahrenheit, which hasn't been 86, I guess, over. I mean, it's hotter than 86 right now, so keep that uh, uh, in mind when I'm reading this. When the air temperature is 86, the asphalt temperature is 86, 91, 106, or 135. Well, we had 203 people answer, and uh, the answer is a very hot 135. So let's see who is going to win these tickets to the Tampa Bay Rowdies game again. <laughs> messages or email and information at spcatampabay.org. It is Hopefully I said that right, or that's code for something that is probably very special to you on uh, social media. Uh, there we have it. Another For All podcast. We had interviews with Paul Guzzo from the Tampa Bay Times talking about the Elvis movie and the Tampa dog catcher connection uh, with Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's manager for basically his entire uh, career. And then we had Kip on talking about uh, his novels and uh, his upcoming novel and introduced us to at least one of his uh, cats. He is a big time uh, cat dad. And amazing how uh, uh, both of those guys uh, had rescues. That's awesome. Uh, we definitely love that. We hope somebody comes in, uh, to the SPCA Tampa Bay today and rescues Kiko. Uh, because he definitely knows how to stay fun in the hot weather. As long as you have a little kiddie pool or another pool uh, and also some, uh, what they call them, uh, pup sickles. Not uh, popsicles, but pup sickles as well. That's going to do it for this For All podcast. Thank all of our team uh, for contributing and making these uh, programs work. You can follow us on Facebook and especially YouTube. 
uh, go there to watch past episodes of our video podcast. And of course, you can go to Spotify or Google uh, to download the audio version as well. I believe this is episode number 26. We are growing, folks. Thank you again. And if you have an interview or a story idea, just either email it to information at sbcatampabay.org or podcast at sbcatampabay.org. And that's spelled P-A-W-D-C-A-S-T. Thanks for watching and listening.